This episode of On the Hop News is brought to you by Thinking Baseball, the only educational baseball app for coaches and players that allows users to see, hear, and touch the plays as they happen. Narrated by a legendary baseball broadcaster, Pat Hughes, and powered by a groundbreaking database, Thinking Baseball puts you on the diamond. Whether you're the cutoff man on a hit to the outfield or the first baseman trailing the batter on a sure double, everyone on the field has a job to do on every play. Learn to do it better with Thinking Baseball. Visit thinkingbaseball.com or download the free app from the Apple Store or Google Play today. It's time to get your head in the game. Today is May 13th, 2019, and this is Monday's edition of On the Hop. Good morning, good morning, baseball enthusiasts. Welcome to On the Hop, a daily baseball podcast focused on delivering up-to-date news from around the league. Well, we all know what you came here for, so let's have a little chit-chat about some baseball. In an interesting article written by Bell Felber of CardoPen.com, the average MLB attendance is about 26,000 per game. That is well below last year's average attendance of 28,000. So one would think that there appears to be some kind of alarming issue going on with the sport. However, both the value of a team and its revenues are at an all-time high across the board. Doesn't make much sense. But there has been a shift in focus in regard to a team's financial gain. So major league teams, and quite frankly, teams across all four major sports, have started to rely less and less on their gate entry fees in order to finance their operations. It's good to know that you don't have to go to the game in order for the league to take your money. How very kind of them. About 45% of the top 10 teams' revenue stream comes from the market which is the money a team makes from the impact of its geographical situation, such as media ad revenue, merchandise sales, and real estate development. An additional 21% comes from the MLB negotiated rights and licensing fees. The question is, will the smaller markets be able to maintain this approach over time? Well, St. Louis seems to be expanding, and it's actually being encouraged to do so by the actual city. If St. Louis can make it happen, then the other small market teams can find a way as well. In my opinion, I think the reason why attendance is dropping is baseball is becoming one of those sports that you watch or follow as you're doing something else. And when you go to an actual stadium to watch the game, that's the only thing that you can do. You watch the game, it can get long based upon all the breaks or the the lack of pace of play or, or, or what have you. So they need to start making these games actual events and activities to go to where baseball is kind of like, I don't want to say the backdrop or the background of what's going on, but there's other things to do there, just like if you watch the game at home. I think that would bring more and more people back to the stadium, but that's just my two cents. Over the weekend, San Francisco Giants starting pitcher Madison Bumgarner submitted his eight-team no-trade list. He specifically chose the following teams, Braves, Red Sox, Cubs, Astros, Brewers, Yankees, Phillies, and Cardinals. These teams seem like worthy landing spots for Bumgarner, especially if his goal is to win another ring. But this doesn't mean that Bumgarner can't actually be traded to these teams. This is how it works. The Giants can trade Bumgarner to the remaining 22 teams without his prior approval. They could just do it. But any one of the eight teams on the list are only a trade option if Bumgarner says so. He must approve the decision before the contracts are written and signed. If he says no, then it's back to the drawing board. And as I'm reading this article, I'm just realizing that Bumgarner is only 29. For some reason, I felt he was up there with John Lester and Justin Verlander. He still has about five to six years left of possible dominance. I do think, personally, he will go to one of these eight teams. It's just going to be under his full control. Hanging out with Madison Bumgarner a little longer, it seems that his rivalry with Yasiel Puig may have been rekindled. Sunday afternoon, Yasiel took Bumgarner deep and let him know about it. 
With a stare, slow gallop, and a bat toss, it seems that Yasiel Puig has gotten his revenge. Of course, I'm using exaggerated vocabulary on purpose for dramatic effect, but just go with me. Bumgarner has actually had the upper hand holding Puig hitless in his last 11 at-bats dating back to 2016. So, you would think that this one home run wouldn't have affected Bumgarner. Yes and no. He didn't seem to be upset on the mound watching the ball leave the field, but that didn't mean he didn't have anything to say about it. What did Bumgarner have to say? I'm glad you asked. Here we go. He's a quick study. It only took him seven years to learn how to hit that pitch. Simple and to the point, in my opinion, point, set, match, Bumgarner. Injured list updates. MLB trade rumors reports that the Tigers have placed right-handed starter Tyson Ross on the 10-day injury list. He has a nerve issue in his right elbow that will keep him out of action for the foreseeable future. With Michael Fulmer, Matt Moore, and Jordan Zimmerman already on the injured list, this injury with Ross came at a pretty bad time. It seems the Tigers will continue to struggle. According to the San Diego Tribune, the Padres are at least a week away from getting rookie shortstop Fernando Tatis Jr. back in the lineup. Manager Andy Green says that anticipating that he is back this coming series or the next series is way too fast. We don't get to dictate the pace. He dictates it by how he feels every day, and he's not ready to come back. This is actually a wise move since the MLB season just completed its first one-fourth of the season. There is still a long way to go, so pacing out his return can only be beneficial. The Seattle Mariners announced that starting pitcher Felix Hernandez was placed on the 10-day injured list with a strained right shoulder Sunday, according to Bleacher Report. The news of Hernandez's injury comes only one day after he became the 36th pitcher in MLB history to record 2,500 career strikeouts. It was the only positive thing that happened to him over the weekend, especially since he gave up seven runs and only two and a third innings against the Red Sox during the record-achieving game. MLB Trade Rumors states that twin slugger Nelson Cruz left Sunday's game due to soreness in his left wrist and will undergo an MRI today to determine the nature of the problem. His injury didn't seem to be triggered by any particular event or play, but it might be more of a, a wear and tear type of injury. Of course, by the time you listen to this, the results from his MRI will be made public, but I'll try posting it on Twitter once something is revealed. Again, MLB Trade Rumors reports that the Yankees will activate center fielder Aaron Hicks from the injured list today, manager Aaron Boone announced. Hicks has been out for approximately two full months since being put on the injured list in early March with lower back issues. Hicks' injury was the first domino to fall that led to a chain reaction of Yankee stars landing on the injured list. Despite all the Yankees' woes, they sit at just half a game behind the Tampa Bay Rays for first place in the AL East. ESPN reports that Houston Astros star Jose Altuve has been put on the 10-day injury list because of a strained left hamstring. Altuve was injured in the first inning of a 3-0 win Friday night after beating out an infield single. In reference to the injury, Altuve says it's very frustrating, but his priority is to be 100% healthy later in the season when Houston undoubtedly will be battling during the postseason. Tampa Bay Rays announced yesterday that starting pitcher Tyler Glasnow is out four to six weeks with a mild right forearm strain, according to CarterThePin.com. Glasnow exited his start Friday against the New York Yankees after going five and a third innings and allowing four runs, three of them earned with nine strikeouts. Journalist Tyler Roberts reports that Glasnow has been the star of the Rays rotation up to this point, posting a record of 6-1 and one in eight starts with a 1.86 ERA and 55 strikeouts in his third year in the big leagues. This is going to be a pretty significant blow. Hopefully they can maintain first place in the AL East and keep the Yankees back. Quick takes. Atlanta Braves right-hander Kevin Gossman dropped the appeal on Sunday of his five-game suspension for intentionally throwing at the Miami Marlins pitcher Jose Arena on May the 3rd. He began serving the suspension on Sunday against the Diamondbacks and will miss the Braves' three-game series against St. Louis and Friday's game against the Brewers. A Jackie Robinson game-worn jersey from the 1951 season with the Brooklyn Dodgers sold for $553,500 over the weekend, according to GoldInAuctions.com. Bleacher Report states that Robinson's game-worn jerseys are rare, and generally sell for significant money given his important place in American history. 
According to Golden Auctions, Jackie's 1947 Brooklyn Dodgers rookie season home jersey sold for $2,600,000 in April of 2018. It's a lot of money for a t-shirt. According to SportsIllustrated.com, the San Diego Padres nearly lost their Twitter name yesterday. And a very considerate and thoughtful gesture. The team decided it would label itself as the Madres, even to the point of changing their Twitter handle. However, a fan from East County, I don't know what that means or where it's located, I'm just reporting when I read, named Ricky Padilla snagged the Padres' handle while it was available. His fun didn't last too long as his consistent Twitter mentions were making it hard for him to study for his finals. He didn't tweet away empty-handed, though. The Padres organization extended to him an invite for he and his family to come to a game once the team is back in town. Not too bad of an afternoon for Ricky. TheScore.com reports that Jake Odorizzi stretched his scoreless streak to 20 innings with seven frames of one-hit ball as the Twins defeated the Detroit Tigers 6-0 on Friday. Odorizzi gave the following comments. With this offense, we're never out of a game. It's a fun team to be a part of right now, and as the summer goes on, it'll be even more enjoyable. He continues, as a pitcher, when you know what a pitch is going to do, it gives you a lot more confidence to throw it. Odorizzi has won each of his last five starts. Score.com again reports that after allowing a game-tying home run to DJ LeMahieu, Tampa Bay Rays pitcher Yanni Chirinos threw up and in to Luke Voigt, hitting him in the process. Yankee starter CC Sabathia ran to the top of the dugout and set it off on the play. Sabathia had this to say about the incident. It's the same thing. We hit a homer, then they throw up and in. It's stupid. What are you doing? We don't want to get into that again. We did that last year. Luke Voigt also gave his thoughts on the situations. He can hit me anywhere else. It's just when he goes up and in. It's a sketchy situation that can be career-ending. After giving up a home run, he's probably frustrated and throwing as hard as he can, and it got away. But that's why I was pissed off. Toronto Blue Jays right-hander Marcus Stroman was removed from Saturday's game against the Chicago White Sox with one out in the seventh inning, and he wasn't happy about it either. After allowing three singles in the inning, manager Charlie Montoya came to the mound to give him the hook in favor of reliever Derek Law, and Stroman didn't mask his displeasure with the move. I mean, he tried to cover his mouth with his glove, but didn't do that good of a job. Stroman gave his explanation at some time after the game. The last thing I ever have in my head when a manager comes to get me is, yes, I can't wait to get out of this game. Please let someone else face the next guy. I love the sarcasm, by the way. Blue Jays manager Charlie Montoya actually liked Stroman's reaction. He says, I like it when pitchers get upset when I take them out. That's what I want. I don't want a guy to be happy. There's one thing I like about this group, even the position players. When they're not playing, they get mad at me, which I love it. Pitcher Edwin Jackson was traded Saturday from Oakland to the Toronto Blue Jays. No big deal, right? Just another trade. This stuff happens all the time. Well, the Blue Jay organization is the 14th club that Jackson has played for. This sets an MLB record for teams played for by any player in professional baseball. Jackson was previously tied at 13 games with Octavio Dotel, but now stands alone at the top. Not sure if this is something worth celebrating, but in baseball, records are maintained so that everyone gets some type of participation trophy. But hey, better than anything I've ever accomplished. So here's to you, Jackson. Half of the teams in the major leagues don't want you. Well, that's it for me. Thanks so much for tuning in to Monday's edition of On the Hot News. Here's a challenge for you. Find someone you've never talked to before and say something nice. It just might make their Monday less crappy. I'll talk with you tomorrow.